Welcome to the Gooder Podcast, where we talk with powerhouse women in CPG about their journeys to success. This episode is sponsored by Retail Voodoo, a brand development firm guiding mission-driven consumer brands to attract new and passionate consumer base, crush their categories through growth and innovation, and magnify their social and environmental impact. If your brand is in need of brand positioning, package design, or marketing activation, we are here to help. You can find more information at www.retail-voodoo.com. Hi, Diana Freich here. I am the host of the Gooder Podcast, where I get to talk with powerhouse women in the food, beverage, and wellness categories about their journeys to success and their insights on the industry. This episode is brought to you by Retail Voodoo. Retail Voodoo is a brand development firm. Our clients include Starbucks, Kind, PepsiCo, Hi-Key, and many other market leaders. We provide strategic brand and design services for leading brands in the food, wellness, beverage, and fitness industries. If your goal is to increase market share, drive growth, or disrupt the marketplace with new and innovative ideas, give us a call and let's talk. To learn more, you can find out Uh, Well, you can find out more at retail-voodoo.com. Now, today we get to meet Snadeep Brar, Head of Technical Services and R&D for Lenny and Larry's. She is an R&D and innovation leader with 20 plus years experience in consumer-centric food and beverage brands involved from concept to commercialization, establishing innovation and commercialization process and best practices resource development, as well as short and long-term product pack pipeline development and commercialization. That is a really long title to put on a business card, but she does it. Okay. So she has worked with developed and emerging brands like PepsiCo, Century Snacks, and Mars. So I let's a big hello to Miss Nadeep. How are you today? Hey, Diana. That that was a very long um, (laughs) intro. I'm good. Thank you. Um, you are good. Yeah, good, good. Where are you calling from? Where are you where are you recording from today? I'm in the beautiful Northern California. So I'm based in Sacramento, but okay. uh, Lenny Larry Larry's actually headquartered in now uh, LA. Okay. Okay. All right. And now we missed each other at Expo. How did Expo go for you last week? We did. We did. Yeah. No. So Expo was, uh, we were at the Expo last week. It was great. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was a great turnout and some uh, really amazing products on display. Right. Yes. So yeah, I think it was fantastic. Yes. I so wish, I, I think if we, if we both go to the next Expo, I'd love to walk the floor with you because I think I usually walk the floor with founder owners and marketing people, and we're looking at brands in a particular way. But I think walking a floor with somebody that sees the products the way you do, I think would be so eye-opening for me. So maybe we can make that happen next time. Hey, absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, it'll be it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, it, it definitely wouldn't be boring. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Well, hey, I love it when the people that I interview get to tell us a little bit about the brand, uh, the their brand, I should say. Can you tell us a little bit about Lenny and Larry's and why it exists? Yeah, absolutely. So um, Lenny and Larry's have got a very interesting story. Mm-hmm. It was uh, created by two fitness freaks, if you like, Benny and Barry. <laughs> oh, no way. 93. <laughs> so Lenny and Larry, Benny and Barry. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
they were just bored of getting their, uh, you know, protein from kind of like the same sources. Mm -hmm. And they, they really wanted their favorite foods to be, you know, in a more kind of clean and nutritious format. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, so that really was the simple reason why the company, uh, you know, came into being. Mm-hmm. Um, the company has a very strong purpose, which is human sustainability mm. uh, or kind of like, you know, sustaining people's energy throughout the day mm-hmm. with clean nutrition while not depriving yourself of your favorite snacks like cookies. So, you know, that's that's really what is at the at the core and heart of the company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have been with Lenny and Larry's for about a year and a half now. What brought you there? I think, um, to be honest, like candidly speaking, I think it was the the first thing that actually stood out for me was the female leadership. So uh, we have the CEO of the company, Julie Weber, is is an incredible leader with a mm-hmm. lot to learn from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan Crossland, she's the head of marketing and, again, amazing person to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so those were like the key things for me. And it's a, I kind of felt that it was a company. It's a company with a really good uh, and, a, and a very strong purpose at the core of everything that they do, whether yeah. it's plant-based nutrition, uh, which is kind of like the complete pl- platform to, uh, you know, the the whole kind of like clean nutrition. It was an opportunity for me to kind of like make a difference, if you like. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I-, I love that because I know that, uh, well, we'll talk about it in just a moment, right? This kind of transition from these multinationals to a place where you can have a more direct impact in a, uh, in it, in a very straightforward way. But Let's step back a little bit. Now, you've been with companies like Mars and PepsiCo over the years. Can you share a little bit about the journey that brought you to today and just kind of like those pivotal moments of like, uh, uh, well, yeah, I'm going to ask that question over again. Scrap it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So So I... Yeah, sorry, go on, please. Oh, that's okay. I'd like to step back a bit. Now, you've been with companies like Mars and PepsiCo over the years. Can you share a little bit about your journey about what you brought, what brought you from there to here? Yeah, sure. So I work with Mars um, in uh, the Australian New Zealand markets. Mm. And I worked with Pepsi for about eight years in uh, Asia, Middle East and North Africa regions. And if, if I kind of like look at it, I think people uh, that are in STEM, I, I kind of feel like their journeys can be, you know, I've seen that their journeys can be really fascinating and adventurous. I mean, you know, personally, uh, personally, I've kind of like, I've lived and worked in four countries, which I think is great. It's given me some great opportunities to be exposed to a lot of different cultures and, and learn from a lot of different cultures, right? So um in addition to that, obviously, I had the opportunity to be uh, launching some incredible products in, you know, a lot of international markets, very diverse markets, and also uh, implementing innovation processes and best practices across a lot of different R&D functions. So I think it's definitely been a very uh, enriching journey for me. And obviously, along the way, um, I've met some amazing leaders, uh, you know, female leaders, innovators, businesswomen that mm-hmm. have really inspired me a lot. So yeah, I know it's been it's been great. I I want to ask a question on that. Now you talk about having worked in different marketplaces and with some of the guests that I've had in the past, and I'm thinking in particular Carol Smith with Go Go Squeeze and and Asha. Um, and they talked about the fact that the American 
market or the American consumer, at least in the CPG space, we tend to have a type of flavor palette. Do you feel that having come from different marketplaces, when you are working with R&D, do you bring a different perspective to the table on how to introduce something that might be outside of the norm um, from a flavor perspective or texture or ingredient perspective? Does that make sense what I'm asking? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, it, it does. Um, so, you know, especially if you worked in, in, in a lot of different markets with, with a lot of different palettes, I kind of feel like there are similarities and there are differences, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, there are similarities. So you have flavors like vanilla flavor, chocolate yeah. flavor, all of yeah. the base flavors are kind of very similar in, in, in you know, in all of the markets. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely a lot of nuances as you, and there's a lot, a lot of layers. For example, mm-hmm. you know, if you look at the Asian markets, you would mm-hmm. see all of these flavors um, would be very similar, but then maybe there's a little bit more, there's a higher threshold for things like sweetness, things like salt. Oh. Um, and if you look at the European markets and Australian markets, I kind of felt like the, those thresholds were much lower. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you had the, the, the base flavors were similar though. Um, I think American markets, uh, is diverse in, in a lot of different ways okay. and it is, it's complicated as well mm-hmm. because you it's it's very cosmopolitan in terms of the palettes. There's a lot mm-hmm. of different you know uh, different races, different populations, which yeah. kind of makes it very tricky to be innovating because the the spectrum has to be kind of like very wide, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to um, as opposed to if you look at some of the other markets. So I think yeah, some of the experiences. Uh, that you bring from other kind of like diverse markets, definitely you can sort of bring them in and apply them and see how you can uh, get something that's applicable for a wider spectrum. Mm -hmm. Have you seen a little bit of adjustment over the last maybe few years, particularly? It might be hard to even know this now because it's such a short time frame. but I'm just thinking over the last four or five years, are you seeing consumers' tolerance changing because they're at home more and they're cooking more and so they're open to more things or is it too short of a time span to really no, absolutely absolutely I think the the changes especially that we've seen in the last two years they mm-hmm. they probably kind of equate to probably about 10 years right <laughs> when you really? look at the food industry and the in the the differences I mean the differences the changes in behavior the changes in consumption right, right. thinking patterns are kind of like the whole attitude to things I think mm-hmm. it's it's changed a lot in the last couple of years and um, so some of the trends that you kind of see emerging immunity has been a really right. big trend in the last two years with COVID and everything. People are kind of like really, uh, actively and kind of like, uh, very consciously including them, the, these things into their, uh, you know, diets and stuff. So yeah, no, I think it's definitely changed a lot mm-hmm. in the last two years. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, going back to that story of, you know, how did you get here and what led you here? When you think back to some of those, um, some of the jobs that you've had in the, in your career path, were there any challenges that you had to overcome that you felt were part of your success and part of why you're here? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think the biggest challenge for, um, especially when you're working in STEM, um, you know, I think the, the, one of the key challenges, one of the, the tricky things, and I'm assuming that it's going to resonate with a lot of people in STEM 
you know, you have to kind of see the vision of the of the business leaders and and kind of like help them achieve that. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us, uh, personally, I kind of feel like a lot of us do it really well. Mm-hmm. But then the the other side of the story is that you have to sort of bring them along and yep. give them visibility to, to a lot of different things, such as you know technical challenges, such as um, the resources that are going to be invested into a project or um, you know, so so just to be kind of like um, giving them that visibility, uh, so things are then kind of like you know if something's making sense at the at the at the business level, at the strategic level, but giving them the the full picture, so it's mm-hmm. still kind of like making sense. So I think mm-hmm. that sort of you know that can really be tricky in terms of giving them that understanding of the full picture, and mm-hmm. so that you know it goes into. Um, decision making especially mm-hmm. at the business level I think mm-hmm. that's something that's really uh can be challenging um mm-hmm. you know when it comes to kind of like technical leadership and I kind of feel yeah. like that that's something that we need to do more of as technical leaders mm-hmm. that's true you know we work with our fair share of founder owners and their creatives in a different way than the type of creative that you do where kind of anything is possible and sometime a little bit of pragmatism is hard to swallow, you know, and, uh, and we often see that too in, in the way that information and what's possible needs to be presented to them in a very, uh, in, in a language and in a style that resonates with them. Otherwise it's not sticky for them. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's spot on. That's mm-hmm. spot on. Yeah. So make, making it kind of like relatable. Mm-hmm. that translates easy into sort of the business language. It's, it's really important. So it's understood by a mm-hmm. wider audience. So you're feeling that uh, folks that are in your role sort of have uh, more challenges with that than maybe in different areas of an organization, or is, is that just something that you've run across with other folks as you've been on this journey? Yeah, no, I agree with, agree with that. So I think that's, it's a specific kind of challenge that people have in the STEM because, you know, you kind of dealing with scientific information, a lot of technical information. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously how do you sort of connect the dots back yeah. to the, the business strategies and the business plan? So it's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, so it translates uh, mm-hmm. well for, you know, people to sort of wider audience to sort of understand that it's very specific to, to people in STEM. What kind of tools or tactics do you use to be successful in this specific uh, situation that you would recommend? And some of the tools that have been really kind of helpful on the innovation side of things have been, um, you know, innovation design thinking, which is mm-hmm. kind of like, how do you bring consumers uh, into the whole kind of innovation product development process early on mm-hmm. to kind of get the input. So you're not kind of like investing resources, you're working on the project and then you really, it's really late in the day when we, uh, if you look at the traditional innovation process, when yeah. you bring consumers into the process, it's, mm-hmm. you have developed the product, you know, you pass the product development stage. It's, it's almost too late, right? Yeah. Um, so some of the tools that I've actually seen have been really powerful in terms of the innovation journey is to bring that consumer feedback or the consumer input into the innovation process early on. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's where design thinking sort of comes in. Mm-hmm. You have like this design thinking process really at the front end of innovation. Mm-hmm. Where you bring in consumer touch points. 
you put something tangible, you know, you use techniques like 3D prototyping, mm-hmm. um, making sort of quick and dirty samples, even if it's not sort of, you know, full-fledged uh, mm-hmm. product, but just giving something tangible to, to the consumers to react to because mm-hmm. you know, that's what they react to best instead of Mm-hmm. Um, traditionally how we used to put, you know, the written kind of concepts in front of consumers yeah. and the kind of reactions to get to, to those versus the reactions you get to something that they can touch and feel yeah. there's a phenomenal amount of difference. So I yeah. think that's been a really powerful tool, uh, the whole kind of design thinking process. Mm-hmm. How do you bring it to the forefront or the yeah. really kind of early stages of innovation? I, I've kind of seen, I've kind of seen that that's been, um, the whole kind of like in terms of innovation success and stickiness of innovation to the market, it's really mm-hmm. helped with that. Mm-hmm. So what I think I heard is, you know, instead of bringing them so far, uh, uh, bringing them in so early that you're thinking conceptually, which consumers are horrible at. Um, <laughs> and then, um, so you're finding that middle point between that whole conceptual thinking to avoiding the perfecting of the wrong idea, bringing them in the, in the middle somewhere and getting them to respond to something before you go to market and, and see a market failure. Right. 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 And I think the key there is that it's, it's, uh, it's really quick. Yep. It doesn't have to be perfected. You don't have to have a lot of resources going into it, but it's Mm -hmm. not a paper concept. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. Well, along the line of giving advice. Now you have come from these multinationals, very large organizations. You're now at Lenny and Larry's considerably smaller than Mars and uh, PepsiCo. There are a number of people that are, that are following behind you in this footpath, whether it's in a STEM-based job or marketing or ops or uh, you name it. What sort of question or what kind of advice do you give these folks as they're thinking about moving into these organizations? How do we prepare them to be um, successful early on in this transition? Yeah, and that that's an interesting one. So to be honest, I I don't think there's the whole traditional big brands and small brand kind of like concept anymore. Okay. Especially when we, and I, I kind of like that's, you know, the reason I say that is, is we look um, at, you know, the this, the whole startup scene and, mm-hmm, you know, the business mm-hmm, is kind of mm-hmm. like around us. I mean, th- there's brands and businesses that didn't exist five years back, right? And right. now they're billion dollar businesses. Right. So I, I kind of think like if there's a brand or a business uh, with, with a simple and a clear purpose that gives, you know, uh, especially technical people, you know, I'm kind of like talking from the from that background, yep. if that gives us a great platform or a good platform to be mm-hmm. making a difference, I think that's mm-hmm. what people are looking for. Uh-huh. And that's what people kind of like choose in the end, uh, you know, um, for, you know, for me, for example, Lenny Larry's was kind of like doing something that a lot of big companies aspire to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, they have a strong nutrition portfolio. They want to do cleaner, um, you know, labels in all of their innovations. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a strong plant-based uh, platform. So personally, I mean, you know, I, I grew up as a flexitarian or a vegetarian. Maybe mm-hmm. that really resonated with me. So mm-hmm. that, you know, that made it, that made the, that's what the key thing, what was the key thing for me? That Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Well, so what's, what's next for Lenny and Larry's or what's next for you? I mean, what, what are you, what can you share with us? 
Yeah, so I think I think a lot of uh, exciting stuff as we kind of like think of technical innovation, mm-hmm. um, especially with Lenny and Larry's, we kind of look, looking at expanding more into the plant-based uh, space, okay. um, you know, kind of it, it's getting into new usage occasions, expanding mm-hmm, across mm-hmm. the snack space uh, generally in the next sort of couple of years. Uh, so definitely, definitely a lot of uh, good stuff and uh, a lot of excitement for me as well as an innovator and uh, and as a technical person. Yes, good. Okay, I love it, Snadeep. I'm really enjoying our conversation. I I know that our time is is um, tight today, so there are a couple of questions I for sure want to ask you before we um, wrap it up. Now, first of all, the first one is. Are there any women leaders or rising stars in our industry, in the CPG food and beverage industry, that you would like to um, elevate or simply admire for the work that they're doing right now and why? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. As as I kind of look around, I think there's been some uh, phenomenal people that are making some, you know, huge differences in the industry. And I was at the Expo West last week, and I was really, uh, you know, the Miyoko's had a killer booth, and you mm. know, <laughs> such a great product. So, you know, uh, inspiring for me because they're making a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the fe- female leadership, obviously, at Lenny and Larry's, I, you know, incredible and again very uh, inspiring. Um, I I had for a brief period of time when I was working at Pepsi had an opportunity to be mentored by uh, Corinne Rotem. She's currently at Live Kindly. So um, oh, okay, uh, again, amazing, you know, incredible leader and a very kind human being. So um, and and then yeah, as I think of you know a lot of international markets, I I work with some uh, great female leaders and innovators that have kind of inspired my journey along the way. Mm, interesting. Okay, fun. And then what brands or trends, if you can share, do you have your eye on and why? I think currently, if we look at trends, it's really all about clean and tasty, uh, you know, human nutrition, uh, planet sustainability. I think those are like the mm-hmm. key biggest trends. Mm-hmm. Um, but as, as I kind of like go, um, you know, kind of like in through my day-to-day kind of activities, there's a lot of like brands that are doing simple things in a lot of great ways. I mean, mm-hmm. there's a brand, uh, I, by the way, I'm a working mother of, uh, two kids. So, you know, uh, always in need of, yes. um, a lot of simplicity in, in life. So there's, there's a lot of brands like, yes. you know, I came across this brand called Valley Fine Foods. They're, uh, locally based brand in California and they do all these great amazing pastas and raviolis and stuff that you can kind of like turn into good meals in about a couple of minutes for kids and mm. I mean they they kind of like doing simple stuff but making people's lives easier. Yes, wonderful. I love it. Planet sustainability I think um should just be a, a should be something that we all have. It's not a special initiative and let's hope that we can get there sooner, hey? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Well, we've been talking with Snadeep Brar, Head of Technical Services and R&D for Lenny and Larry's. Snadeep, where can people learn more about you and your company? Yeah, absolutely. So Lenny and Larry's is uh, on all social platforms. You know, we are on Instagram, we are LinkedIn, you can Google us and you can basically just search for Lenny and Larry's and you'd see the, uh, you know, some of the amazing products uh, like Complete and and Boss and, you know, um, some really, um, really tasty, clean, healthy nutrition, you know, um, 
that's, that's being delivered by the company. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so happy to have met you. I'm sorry we didn't meet last week, but next time. And I look forward to see what's next through the work you are doing. And I want to thank all of you listeners today. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. Otherwise, have a great rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on The Gooder Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you haven't already, be sure to click subscribe and share with your network. Until next time, be well and do gooder. Gooder.